Welcome to the Dare to Move podcast. I'm your host, Garrett Wood, and this is a high energy show. This season, season three, we're talking all things team, collaboration, and how to take aligned action after the stillness work. Tune in for passionate conversations from trailblazers and innovators, my own personal coaching insights, and honestly, who knows? Because this show is where anything goes. It's unscripted and all for you. Did you guys know that I have a program that will help you heal your relationship with food and reconnect with your body? Maybe you did, maybe you didn't. But for the past year and a half, I have been guiding my fat loss and body transformation clients through a series of mindset steps that I have taken and created one big epic program out of called Dare to Eat 2.0 Life Coaching for Food. There is a link in the bio to give you and only you guys, my very loyal listeners, 15% off of this program. It's eight weeks. You can take as long as you need. You get four coaching calls with me and truly weight loss is a side effect, but what's way more powerful is being able to look in the mirror and not dart your eyes the other way, to not feel inappropriate, to not feel uncomfortable in your own skin. It's like, this is where we live. And I know all too well what it's like to not feel comfortable in the skin you're in. On top of that, I know what it's like when the one thing that keeps us alive, aka food, (laughs) is stressful for you because we have to eat to be human. So if you are struggling with your eating relationship, your body relationship, and your self-confidence, and at the same time, you also want to change something, I'm here to tell you that you can't change it if you don't understand your mindset and why you're stuck in the first place. This program will change all of that for you. So Dare to Eat 2.0 Life Coaching for Food online course, links in the show notes for you guys to get it for 15% off, and you'll get four coaching calls with me. I cannot wait to help you on your journey. All right, back to the show. Welcome back. Happy mid-February. Is it? Is it almost mid-February? I feel like, yeah, February 10th. We're close. It's a short month and I'm sort of in in awe of um, time and space and all of the things. And I'm here today to share just a couple anecdotes about gut health and pregnancy, as the title suggests, because I'm experiencing all these things and I've always shared one I've always shared from my journey and two there's just been a radical shift in my own life and the way I experience different gut health symptoms and when I started this podcast in late 2018 I was coming out of over a year of deep gut healing let's call it exploration I had done the stool tests I had done the urine tests I had purchased the supplements. I had done the protocols. I wanted to say like, I'm better now. And I will tell you, I had learned so much. And if you've listened to this podcast for a while now, you've heard from my own uh, practitioner that, that guided me through that journey, Bridget Carroll. She's been on numerous times. Is a total wealth of knowledge. And I chose February as the uh, to be the have a theme of gut health. So what you're going to start to see is 
each month this year, well, we're one month late, but let's be real, January was a bridge month for all of us picking up the pieces from 2020. Um, and I, I basically decided that each month I'm going to throw back because there's just so many episodes at this point. We have over 200 to um, episodes that follow a certain theme. So for February, it's all about gut health. Why? Because it's still a theme in my life and I have a lot of wise people who've been on this podcast and even my own experiences to share on the subject. So you'll see uh, that we kicked off February. It actually went live January 31st with Megan Gerber, who's a functional dietitian, um, really good friend, and just so wise on the holistic side of it all. And truly, she's the piece that I needed like way back when, right? Everything comes in the right time though. So um, for anyone who is at a place where I was, they can now access her because basically where I was, if you listened to episode three of this podcast way back when, it was all about my gut health journey. What I didn't totally share is that even after all the supplements, even after the detoxing, even after understanding sort of the how and why I ended up with severe gut health issues, what I didn't do is the emotional work and the mental work. And that piece and stress management is all, I mean, to be honest, now I think a bigger, even bigger piece of the puzzle for preventing gut health issues and healing. And Meg is such a good resource for those things. I mean, she makes her clients do stress management uh, sessions with her because she knows that like me, uh, a lot of us don't put our money where our mouth is, right? We say we're going to do the journals. We say we're going to meditate and we don't. So anyway, I'm here today to update you guys on what I've been experiencing with my gut, especially in pregnancy and my new perspective on gut health. Um, you guys saw we have thrown it back to Bridget episodes. You guys are going to basically, if you follow the podcast on Instagram, kind of be reminded of some really good nuggets that we've shared on this podcast on gut health in order to hopefully help support you on your journey. And maybe you don't even have gut health issues, but I still do think that there will be some wisdom for you to kick off this year with a little bit more um, love and care to your body. <laughs> so, all right. So my gut health uh, journey. As I said, I'm not going to tell you the whole thing. I've already summarized it, but there are many episodes, including the very third one on this podcast and gut health updates throughout. If you scroll where you can find a little bit more about my journey. Um, but prior to getting pregnant, I was still dealing with some bloating. And I think, um, a lot of us dealt with stress in 2020. <laughs> I mean, we moved into a whole new space and time and it was, uh, radically shifting. And I was noticing that at the end of the day, particularly, I was always super bloated and probably TMI, but it was affecting my like intimate life with Jeff because at the end of the day, he would be interested in being intimate and I would be like, I'm bloated, I feel fat, I feel gross. And that was not helpful um, at all. So um, and also, I wanted to make mention that this episode today also will tie into last week's episode on shedding and releasing and what I have released um, in an emotional way. So last week, I talked about different friends I've lost through my own spiritual awakening journey and different things that have kind of fallen or been catapulted out of my life. Or actually, it was last Wednesday. Sorry. 
And so we're going to talk a little bit about that releasing now. So going into um, my months of trying to get pregnant, I began working with Alexandra Joy Smith, and she is a practitioner of mental and emotional release sessions, which I now do with my clients. And basically what it is, is helping extract the emotional memories you carry in your body. I'm sure you might have heard of the book, uh, The Body Keeps the Score, because when we store those um, memories and beliefs in our body, some people will call this somatic healing, by the way, and we have a somatic healer coming on the podcast, um, it interferes with our physiology. So for me... Um, and, and a lot of women, we process our emotions in our gut, right? The solar plexus chakra is basically where our gut is. And if we look at the science behind it, we know there is a gut brain axis. So if you have bad bugs in your gut, they're going to communicate wonky messages and signals to your brain. And then your brain may pick up on anxiety. And I had explained in earlier episodes, like, I had anxiety for the first time and it was amplified. But what I didn't understand that I know now, thanks to doing the emotional and mental release with Alexandra and where I'm, what I'm about to share with you is anxiety is a label we use when we don't know how to process physical sensations in our body. So the way I see it now is let's say there was H. pylori or C. diff in my gut, which I you know, had found through doing a stool test in the past, which... All of you can do if you need a referral to someone, let me know. There have been many people who would uh, work with you on this podcast. Um, let's say those bad bugs send a message to the brain. They're not literally sending like words, right? It's like a, a neuro neurological signal. The brain is now going to signal different hormones and messengers to go through the body that may arise. And for me, like I would get cold flashes in my thighs and then I would get, you know, maybe some fluttering in my heart that I would feel uh, and label as anxiety. And then our body is sort of not paralyzed, but overcome with these physical sensations. We call it anxiety. Then we don't know what to do. Now, a lot of us, if we aren't aware of our gut health, we jump right to, I'm going to get on medicine for my anxiety. We numb it out. The gut never gets better because we don't change our habits. We don't get on a supplement protocol or antibiotics and, or don't change our eating habits. So you're sort of just like putting on a bandaid all the time. Now, um, if you are attuned to your gut, which I was, and I took the supplements, and I got rid of the bad bugs, and I did all the things, I was still getting bloated because my body and my brain and my neurology was addicted to the pattern of producing those fight or flight hormones because my emotions were communicating that something was wrong in my body and I wasn't breathing through those physical and raw sensations. I also had a lot of emotions and stories and mental constructs stuck in me that no longer served and some stuff wasn't even mine. So I did this emotional and mental release with Alexandra and I instantly that week, I kid you not, I dropped five pounds, I call it, of emotional weight on the scale. And I'll never forget, we were living at the cabin. I had done a session, I think, oddly enough, the day that Jeff and I went to see our, the, our house that we live in now, which is our, I, I guess I should say our new house, um, even though it's been like over six months. Um, the day we went to see the house was the night that I did the emotional and a mental release. And two days later, we're like, you know, going through these new experiences 
you know, conversations like, are we going to get the house? Are we not? And, um, I was like, let's go on a walk after dinner because I, I, we had sort of started doing that together to explore the neighborhood, get to know Bo, New Hampshire, but also because I had sort of realized like it was de-stressing. It was, you know, very nature focused and helpful for me to reduce my bloating. So we get ready to go on this, you know, walk after dinner, you know, it stays late. So or stays light out so late in the summer. I'm like, Jeff, I'm like, we just ate dinner and I'm not bloated. And he's like, yeah, I know. And you didn't get seconds. And I was like, but I'm full. I feel good. He's like, I know it's weird. You always eat a lot. And so already emotionally and mentally, I had released something because I wasn't bloated. But if anyone out there who deals with bloating issues, a lot of times exercise can actually cause it. (laughs) It can get rid of it, but it can also cause it because it's, uh, you know, cortisol is spiked during exercise because it is technically a stressor and cortisol can trigger bloating. So I'm like, okay, well, let's go on this walk and see, you know, maybe, you know, it's too soon to tell, knock on wood, but hopefully the bloating doesn't happen. We get back from the walk and I'm like, oh my gosh, it's been an hour. I'm still not bloated from dinner. That's so crazy. And getting rid of the emotional part of my bloating and the mental stress related part of my bloating, because as I moved to the next couple weeks, my stomach was like not bloating. Um, I also just developed a deeper level of trust with my stomach. So I wasn't looking at every single thing I ate and being like, this might make me bloated. Oh no, this might make me bloated. Oh no, I'm bloated because of this. I wasn't letting my mind make meaning out of anything. I was just trusting that I am healthy and I'm not bloated. And if something's you know, not okay for me to eat, my body will tell me. And because of that trust and because of the flatter feeling in my stomach, I started sending more love to that area. I started, uh, per Alexandra's directions, like giving myself belly rubs and being more present to my stomach. And the part, it was a part of me I had banished. I had literally hated that area of my body. And now that I look at it from like a spiritual perspective, I'm like, oh my gosh, my poor body just wanted attention and love. (laughs) He just wanted, I said he, it just, I'm used to saying he because there is a little boy in my belly right now. Um, But my belly just wanted love and attention and to not be judged and all of those things. And you may not be at this point in your journey and that's okay. You may think I sound crazy, but I will now and forever defend and also preach this notion that supplements will only take you so far. You can heal through food, but food will only take you so far if you are not getting your emotional and mental bodies on track. So please do reach out if that's something that you feel called to um, explore or something you think you may need help with because I'm more than happy to help, whether that's through other teachers I know or my Dare to Eat 2.0 Um, healing your body and food relationship program that's online. It's a course. You're probably going to hear an ad for it in this podcast uh, because I'm giving all listeners 15% off. So you can access that online program in the show notes. Um, But it kind of catalogs all of the steps I took to arrive at the place of doing the mental and emotional release with Alexandra and um, letting go of this extra bloating that was just not necessary. And so... Before, just to kind of sum up the gut health part of this, 
before I had this like, okay, this masculine approach of like, I'm going to take these supplements because these will fix this problem and then I'll be better. And then I can't eat gluten, which I still don't eat gluten because I'm celiac, but, and I can't eat alcohol until I'm, or have alcohol until I'm better. And then maybe I can. And it was all this, like, I have to do this to get this thing and forcing my body to have an outcome. But I wasn't present to the emotions, the complex emotions that I was feeling on a day-to-day basis and avoiding and not acknowledging and spiritually bypassing and the stress that I wasn't processing. And all of those things combined, my body was reacting to because when we live in stress, we're essentially communicating to our body that we're in fight or flight and the the hormones that the body releases literally allow us to be ready to run from a tiger if we need to. And the thing is, our body doesn't know if we're literally about to have to run from a a tiger or if, you know, a boss that we don't like texted us. (laughs) So... The body needs to feel safe and be in a higher level of consciousness, which is restful awareness, so that those hormones don't get triggered. The other problem is, obviously, as Joe Dispenza contends, it can be addicting to have that fight or flight response release those um, hormones or um, different neurons to, to fire. So that's a whole other conversation. But The reason I'm bringing this up today, obviously our theme for the month is gut health, but also I have experienced some digestive challenges in pregnancy. So I'm going to segue to pregnancy now by way of this gut health bridge that, I mean, constipation is totally something that physiologically happens when you're pregnant because there's just not a lot of space in your stomach. So things slow down and I used to signal like all of the fire alarms in my body would be going off if I was constipated, like something's wrong. Oh no, I feel so awful. I'm going to look so fat. I'm going to look more bloated because when you're already bloated all the time, like I used to be and you're constipated, you feel like a cow. But with pregnancy, it's like you already look big and you also can understand that like it's just part of the process. However, had I not done the mental and emotional work to be at peace with this, part of my body image and my body in general and being in more trust with my body, I would be flipping out. Now, obviously there is a point where you're like, okay, I got to do something because (laughs) this isn't healthy for me to not have bowel movements. And you can take a supplement called Colace when you're pregnant. Um, It's like one of the only ones you can take to help with constipation. But Meg Gerber, who was on this podcast, uh, one of our recent guests this month or January 31st, suggested eating two kiwis a day and that helped immensely so it helped but then I traveled and then I was you know living out of a suitcase at my dad's and then I was back in New Hampshire and then I ran out of my probiotics and then I tried a couple of Jeff's for a couple days and with all of that being said and done and I tried a couple protein bars I probably shouldn't have eaten just because they had more ingredients than I'd like to admit and now I've been suffering from diarrhea And I had a moment the other day where I started to make meaning out of it with my brain. Like, this means that something awful is happening and, uh, you know, I did something wrong and letting the stress hormones uh, overtake me. And I had to really pause and be present to like, look, this is just what my body's going through right now. I'll eat the right foods to get back on track. I trust that my body is okay. This is just like a thunderstorm outside that I'm moving through and I just got to get an umbrella, right? So... That was a huge mindset shift for me because if you are listening and you're pregnant um, 
or you want to be someday, you could probably guess or you know if you are pregnant that there's a lot of other things going on in pregnancy and the last thing you want to do is worry about your bowel movements. And you don't have to, right? You can pull some levers if you need to. It doesn't need to be something that stresses you out. And if you have a story that when I'm constipated, then I'm ill or diarrhea means I'm not well, then your brain is going to make meaning out of that. And that's going to set you on a spiral that is not serving for you. Um, and so that's been my big aha is noticing how much mental and emotional work I've done to set myself up to feel okay, even when things aren't perfect in my body right now. So I hope that that helps somebody. And again, if you are struggling with gut health, pregnant or not, I have so many people who are going to be kind of, you know, we're going to do like a throwback to this month on the podcast Instagram page at Dare to Move Podcast. So um, three different episodes with Bridget. Uh, We had Liz DeJulius of Functionally Liz on. We had Megan Gerber on. We had Kristen Thomas on. Sarah Greenfield out of LA. Um, She's incredibly successful, has her own probiotic line. Um, And I feel like I'm missing somebody, but there was someone else. Uh, Anyway, we're going to throw it back to these people because they are very good resources for you if you're struggling with this. Um, And of course, I always put my email address in the show notes if you would like to reach out to me, share your experience, ask questions, or for referrals. Um, So now with pregnancy, uh, I kind of left you guys on a cliffhanger in the episode with Jeff. We really... um, it was called uh, Jeans in the Hospital Bag, and it was about how Jeff like is going to bring jeans in, his ho- in the hospital bag, and he kind of reflected on the second trimester and where we are, and in that episode, we talked about, and you guys can go listen, obviously, but we talked about um, me- this impending uh, gestational diabetes test that I had to take. And I had to take a second one because my numbers were borderline and um, they needed to make sure I didn't have it. So you have to fast overnight. You wake up, you can't have coffee, which by the way, I've had coffee throughout my whole pregnancy. I've had the like 200 milligram, you know, at least I'm trying to stay right at that level. It's not perfect because how do you really know? Um, But 200 milligrams of caffeine every morning. So I've been doing that and I had to wake up, just have water and nothing else which already kind of felt weird to me because I'm used to having coffee. Got to the doctor's office at like 7.30. They make you drink 100 grams of sugar. The normal diabetes test that they do with everyone um, is just 50 grams. Same bottle, same size, of same amount of liquid, but 100 grams of sugar. You only have five minutes to drink it. And I almost threw up. Like it was so awful. <laughs> And then they're like, okay, cool, sit in this like two by three foot room and, you know, hang out for an hour and then they come back, check your blood, another hour, come back, check your blood, another hour, come back, check your blood. It's a very long test and I felt awful the whole entire time. Now, luckily we passed and we don't have it, but it was so interesting to me because I had thought about it so much and I had been anticipating the big test and even before the first test, I was worried I had it and it's almost like... The universe was like, stop using your brain to assume things and project them into your reality because it's not true. I knew deep down I was fine. 
I will tell you that. I knew deep down I was fine, but I was letting my brain make sense of things. Like I kept waking up thirsty in the middle of the night. And I'm like, oh no, this is like a sign of diabetes. And then like the doctor said to me before the test, no, it's not. <laughs> you know, she's like, actually just di gestational diabetes really doesn't have any symptoms um, or anything that's noticeable. Um, so don't worry about that. And it's just amazing how our brain can run wild, like the, these domino effects of this means that, and that means this, and I must be blank, and it's awful. So um, I'm really happy that I did the test, I got through it, I didn't get sick, and we don't have gestational diabetes because, let's be real, I would really miss eating cookies all the time. I've been eating, you know, cookies and candy, not like all the time, but having that as something in my day to look forward to or a couple times a week has been part of my pregnancy. And I've not denied myself any of that. And I think it would have been hard for the last, like call it eight weeks to shift my, or 10 weeks to shift my diet so radically. Um, if anybody is going through gestational diabetes and they'd like to come on the podcast and talk about it, I would very much love to learn more just because I was borderline and who knows, maybe in my next pregnancy I would be. And I think it's a really interesting topic. Um, so weight gain, I have gained 30 slash 31 pounds, sorry, 30 slash 33 pounds. It goes up and down. Um, I had weighed in 32 pounds above my normal weight at the doctor. And then, um, two weeks later I got on the scale in the morning when I was fasted and I was, you know, back in New Hampshire right before 30 weeks. I think I was like 29 weeks in a day and I was, um, I had I had gained 27 pounds right so now I'm like you know I haven't been going to the bathroom regularly my guess is I've really only gained 30 actual pounds but my scale weight is higher because of my digestive stuff um but my point in sharing this with you is that it's so interesting for me because I used to literally be upset way back when like if my weight was up a half a pound or up two pounds or down two pounds and right before pregnancy I got in this groove with weighing myself because I knew that I wanted to be pregnant and I'd want to monitor it and I wanted to know like what it felt like to be and what I really was so I was checking my weight every day even before pregnancy and I finally arrived at this place where I'd be like oh that's so interesting or like oh I did a 24-hour fast and Jeff challenged me to it that's a whole other story <laughs> last summer and oh my gosh, like I can't believe I weigh this the same or whatever's changed. And the reason I bring it up here is to not like bring up necessarily a conversation about the scale because there's been a lot of those on this podcast, but really to talk about the fact that there's this number, right? There's this standard in the pregnancy world of you should gain 25 to 30 pounds. And I remember when I hit 20 weeks or 21 weeks is when I realized like, whoa, I have gained, like I went from gaining like maybe seven or eight pounds at week 18 to being like, whoa, I gained 14 pounds or 15 pounds, something. And I was like, but they say you're going to gain even more in the last, you know, 10 weeks. So what if I gain more than 25 or what if I gain more than 30? Oh my gosh. And I opened up about it when I hit 25 pounds. I was like, oh my gosh, I've gained 25 pounds. I shared that on Instagram and so many women wrote to me. So many fit, active women who take really good care of themselves wrote to me like Garrett. And, and also small, I might make that note, like a lot of smaller women wrote to me because they that know me that are like also, they're like know that I'm kind of a short five foot two person. They wrote to me saying like, hey, I'm also small and I gained 50 to 55 pounds and it was super normal. My babies were healthy and I never once had trouble losing the weight. 
And that was a big aha moment for me and also in a very expansive moment that, whoa, there is another reality that you can gain double what the doctor suggests and be healthy and have a healthy baby and lose the weight after and not worry about it. So that really put my mind at ease. And then I shared that at 30 weeks and I was like, okay, I've officially gained 30 pounds in 30 weeks. And thanks to the women who shared this with me and more women came out to tell me their journey. And then just last weekend, well, you guys are hearing this later. So the first, um, January 31st or 30th, I shared this on Instagram again. And I was like, okay, I'm 30 weeks, 32 weeks pregnant now. And, you know, I'm, you know, up to almost, you know, call it 33 pounds, might only be 30, but I'm, you know, I'm still processing it. And so thankful for all these women who have shared with me that, that they had, that they gained over 45 or 50, 55 pounds and lost it all and had healthy babies and all this stuff. And more women wrote to me, thank you for sharing that. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So I think that there's this weird standard that, and it, I don't know if it's, paralleled to like the whole thing of like by 30 you should be married and have kids or whatever but you know I compared myself to random uh, stories I had or markers I had in my brain throughout my 20s of by 25 I should be engaged or all these things growing up in the midwest kind of templated on my brain and so I think there's sort of a shift in pregnancy too of like what is that template what is that 25 pounds from which by the way if you're listening and you only gain 25 to 30 that's also great and healthy and normal and this is not to say that there's a right or they're wrong because there's not a right or wrong I just think that we need to have a more holistic view of the variances and and, and let people know that it's okay to have these other potential outcomes because then you don't get in your head about feeling like you did something wrong by gaining more or gaining less and that's been a really big part for me in this pregnancy to understand now as far as my postpartum plans and how much I do want to lose weight again I joke that like right now I equal I'm equally as excited about being thin and like oh I can't wait to be thin again as I am to be pregnant again which is a total mind fuck for lack of a better term um because i i've had a really lucky pregnancy experience and it's like oh this isn't so bad and i get a cute little baby at the end of this and i want to do it again um i also have that person that knows deep down that i want more than one kid so there's that now as far as the like losing the weight thing i really do hope to lose the weight so that i can start my next pregnancy off um, feeling really confident in my body and, and healthy and back in my old regular clothes and all of that stuff. And I've been joking with Jeff that, and I talk about this in with my nutrition clients all the time, everything is relative. So if you, if John Smith lays on the couch every day and eats two large pizzas and two liters of Coca-Cola, when John Smith starts getting up to walk the stairs in his house three times a day and cuts down to one and a half liters of Coke and only eats one and a half of those pizzas, he's going to lose weight, right? And then when he goes down to one pizza a day and has a different meal for lunch and continues with the stairs, then he's going to lose weight. And then when he cuts out the extra liter of Coke and he only has one, it's like everything is relative. So I have been in quote unquote indulging so much during this pregnancy and <laughs> just kind of eating whatever the heck I want that, um, I think it'll be a very simple switch because it's like I can just take out eating the cookies during the week and that's going to make an impact on my waistline. And 
um, eating a lower, right? I've been loving perfect bars, which are super high calorie protein bars in the morning, 330 calories. I cut that out and switch it to an RX bar. That's going to reduce. So it's just, and not that I'm going to be cutting calories when I'm breastfeeding, but my point is everything's relative. And so because I have not held, I've not, um, what's the word? held back at all with pregnancy I've just eaten whatever sounds good in the moment whatever I love and um the different cravings that I say the baby has for things I'd never wanted before like nacho cheese I do think that when I'm back to my my normal self without a baby (laughs) sharing my space that I will have a pretty easy time losing the weight. I go knock on wood just because everything is relative. So if you are in a weight loss journey right now and you're thinking about pregnancy, so you tuned in or gut health, so you tuned in, uh, just remember that everything's relative. You don't have to go from eating 2,500 calories a day to 1,200 because you read that online. It's like you could literally start eating 2,300 calories twice a week and stay at 25 otherwise and see an impact. Because what, what you always want to look for is progress over time, not by the next day. You can't do a diet for three days and expect to see change. But if you have questions on diet, fat loss, body transformation, and the mindset work behind it, let me know because I have offerings for you, obviously. Um, I think the biggest thing is to not make meaning of little symptoms in in you know these micro moments of the day, but to just be present to all that is and be restfully aware of like, oh, interesting that... I feel bloated today. What did I eat? Or how can I feel a little better after my meals? Should I be drinking more water? And ask yourself questions and get curious versus being like, I must have eaten bad or I, I ate too much. And that's why this hat's like, just tune into how you're feeling because your body always has wisdom for you. That's obviously been a big lesson in pregnancy is really getting hyper in tune with my body because you can literally feel a baby moving around in there, uh, which is um, sort of uh, crazy. So um, that's sort of my pregnancy update. We passed gestational diabetes. I'm eating all the things. I'm feeling really good. I'm getting really excited. The weight doesn't bother me. I'm just more curious as to how much more I gain. I'm so grateful for the people who've reached out and shared their stories. Um, And I am going to talk a little bit about my work transition because I think that a lot of people might also need an expander to think about maternity leave and balancing those things. So I'm going to share a little bit about that before we close. When it comes to work, I obviously work for myself and I very much created this and it feels very weird to be here now because I can remember where I was at certain times in my life when I said things like, well, this will be perfect because when I'm a mom, I can blah, blah, blah. Or when I'm a mom, I can write my book. And like, I'm very much in the thick of working on my um, book proposal for book two. And hopefully we'll be spending some time on that through March. And then when he's here, who knows, starting the drafts, working with an agent, all of those things. Uh, And so I have the luxury of that. And I do have the luxury of taking time off, um, but I can't say that I want to because, um, and this contemplation hit me because I know some people in my life, I'm not going to name names, who are stay-at-home moms. And I was actually asking a stay-at-home mom about a friend of hers. And I was like, oh, how's she doing? You know, I heard she, you know, had her baby. Like, how did it go for her? And um, this friend said, oh, well, it's great, but I mean, she didn't go back to work. I mean, it was just too much. I mean, think about it. It's a baby and it's her job and her husband like wasn't, a, you know, he, he works so much. He's like my husband and it was just the right thing for them to do. Almost like as if 
if you don't do that, it's the wrong thing. And obviously that's not, I'm not say, projecting that that's what she meant, but I got real, my own triggers went off to think that that is what she meant. And um, so I did a little men- mental exercise with myself and journaling the next morning. And I was like, okay, so if Jeff came to me and he said, hey, you know, I make enough money that I don't want you to work and you don't have to work and you can stay home with the baby. I really felt into that and like how did it feel in my body and what did it make me think about and what would I spend my time on and I was like give it eight weeks and I'd be podcasting (laughs) so I know for a fact that I'm deeply aligned with the the work I do in the world and, and it is really meaningful to me so the question it becomes how much time is enough time to make this little baby feel and know and trust that he is the most important thing and he is so taken care of and he's so loved and he doesn't have to fight for attention with me but to also make sure my work is taken care of so i've sort of tentatively planned for this three month break uh from work but i will still be publishing podcasts because i do so many interviews and solo casts that i can bank them all so you guys will hear them and then i'll probably pop on around week six to talk about my birth story or sooner depending on how the baby sleeps and then I have two long-term year-long clients that I will be seeing come week five slash six just briefly so two hours a week of connecting with those people because that's what we decided and what I what feels aligned for me Jeff also has paternity leave that will help a lot so we're very fortunate in that sense that um he has the ability to be there in the beginning with me. And because of that, my biggest challenge, and um, please do write in if you've already navigated this or have some advice on this, is how to find part-time care and change my work schedule around that. So ideally, I can do what I need to do between 10 and 3, uh, four days a week or three days a week or something like that. So I have care midday and I can work in that sense. Um and get stuff done, but also be very much present to the baby. So I'm still figuring it out, but I know what I want and I know what I'm trying to manifest. And I hope it turns out better than I could have imagined. Um, I will shout out um, a company. We're going to hear from the founder very soon. It's called Well Nested. Um, one of the founders, uh, Stephanie Rampolo, she's going to be on the podcast to talk about what they do. But basically, they work with booking you for lactation support, sleep consultants. They're out of Boston. Hopefully, they'll go national this year. Um, but you can go online and find help at home. And you can go online and schedule your lactation before your birth. So like I'm already scheduled. So as soon as this baby gets here, Jeff will text them and be like, hey, he's here. And then the lactation consultant will make sure they get to our house within the first couple days. Because what happens is your colostrum, so I've learned, comes in in the hospital and you figure out breastfeeding with a colostrum, but then when your milk comes in, it can sometimes be a whole new ball game, and it's really helpful to have someone there, like literally looking at your boob to help you, and so given that, um, I'm set up with them to, to get some help and support on lactation, and then I'm probably going to use them for sleep consulting if we need it, and then help at home so that I can get back to work. Now, the thing is, I was a little nervous about lactation consulting, like I am sleep, because it can be really expensive, and just trying to figure out what I really want to spend money on as it is energy and what's aligned, but what I didn't realize is that... Um, 
most of the time, and especially right now if you're on the East Coast and you're in the Boston area, lactation consulting can and should be covered by your insurance for up to six visits. So something to check out um, if you haven't and you're pregnant and or thinking about it. Um, and so I am excited to just be present to this little baby and take a good five weeks to do quote unquote do nothing work wise but also start to ease my way back into it because it's just who I am and it's also what I do so I'm going to be working on integrating those two parts of myself and I'll be sharing that journey along the way um as far as how people can access me in the the time where I'm not as um normally normal schedule working programs so the dare to eat 2.0 my voice just went out dare to eat 2.0 life coaching for food program is a solo guided program that is accessible to you to explore your body to explore why you don't like your body to explore why you've had trouble with food or disordered eating in the past so this program is at your fingertips it's discounted just for my podcast listeners and with it you get four phone calls so i always tell people that get through a month of doing the work doing the journals come to me and we'll talk about it and um so that program is there for you to access and then i'm also going to have as mentioned before a money program which i'm going to call like you know a guide to wealth consciousness just because um i don't (laughs) i'm like i don't really want to call it a money program but basically how to get aligned in yourself in your life in your energy so that you can access your own true deserving wealth and abundance and so that's going to be there for you um obviously you listen to the podcast so you will be the first to know when it drops and there will be links also for a discount for you guys so that program is going to be in action by the time I give birth. So you will be able to do that program and understand your own money stories, how you're held back from money, what you need to do, um, and or how you need to be in order to call in more money into your life and manifest it. I will tell you my own truth and what I believe. And that is that and I'm going to, it's going to be a part core part of the program is that if you are not in line with your body and okay with your body, you will block money. Cause let's give, I'm going to give a quick example and then I'll, I'll leave you be for the day. Um, if you don't feel, depending on your limiting beliefs, if you don't feel worthy of love or attention, like, Oh, I don't want to post about myself or, Oh, I don't, I don't like when I get compliments or, Oh, I don't, um, I want to cook all the meals. I don't want anyone to help. Like, I don't want to be a burden or don't worry about hosting me. Like I'm fine. I can take care of it. We think that we're being helpful, but really we're actually saying, I don't feel worthy of receiving your attention. I don't feel worthy of being hosted. I don't feel worthy of receiving a hug from you. I don't feel worthy of getting accolades for my work. I don't feel worthy of receiving compliments. When we don't, when we're blocking any sort of receiving energy from coming, or when we're blocking ourselves from receiving any energy that's coming in, you're going to be blocking money. And a lot of the stuff in the Dare to Eat 2.0 Life Coaching Program will help you understand some of those places. So if you want the quote unquote fast track or most expansive, um, teachings for yourself in 2021 i highly recommend getting enrolled in the dare to eat 2.0 program now and 
working on that so that when the money program comes out, all the pieces fall into place because it's going to be frustrating for the people who are like, oh, like I'm good with my body and food. And then they start the money program and the money program unveils like you got some work to do. So uh, I will I would check out the Dare to Eat 2.0 program now just to get ready. So you have already done that work before the money program comes out. So anyway, uh, I hope that this month is helpful for you guys to take a deeper look at your health, take a deeper look at your self-care and how you're taking, you know, the best care of your body and honoring your body and all of that through some reflections with gut health experts we've had on this podcast from learning a little bit more about my journey and um, for what it's worth, I hope the pregnancy stuff that I shared today uh was helpful. Uh, it's part of, you know, my personal experience. It's not the, the way or anything. I know that everyone's experience is entirely different and I completely invite anyone to share what they've been through, um, with me. You can always reach me on Instagram or my email. So thank you guys so much for tuning in, for being here. I appreciate your energy and you sharing this podcast with anyone, friends, family that may be going through some stuff. Um, I know I didn't give a ton of answers on this podcast for gut health, but um, I do think that to the point of emotional and mental work that you can do on yourself, that's my work in the world. That's what I'm working on. And I can tell you how powerful and radical the shifts have been in my life after doing that work. Um, So please let me know if you need referrals to practitioners, if you'd like to do a clarity session with me or anything of that nature, because I'm here to support you on your journey. So thank you so much for listening. I appreciate it. And as always, dare to move. Oh, one more thing. I have a little gift for you guys. So I made a blog with all of my favorite books of 2020, and I would love to, um, to share that with you. So there is a link in the show notes for the blog on my favorite books of 2020. And if you are interested in your mindset, uh, you know, growth and transformation, uh, please do check that out. I think it will be really helpful for you. All right. Now we'll close with, as always, dare to move. Gut health is a topic that is widely talked about, and it's been talked about on this podcast before. If you know me and you've followed me for years, you know that I have a very challenging past with my beloved tummy. Getting that in check was a three-year process for me that I'd like to think is the reason I was able to get pregnant. There's a couple things that I was able to find after very, very serious prescriptive supplement protocols by a functional medicine practitioner who has been on this podcast, shout out to Bridget. But after the intensive supplement protocol phased out, I was left with a few things that are now staples in my routine. Flash forward to three years, or I would say two years, of buying those things piecemeal from random places like Whole Foods, Amazon, and other supplement companies, uh, I actually found Isogenics. And Isogenics does have a certificate of quality, which makes it very valid amongst all the other brands that functional dietitians are recommending. And its protein powder, for instance, has been tested for metals. So it is a very safe and really um, renowned product. I created a gut health focused pack for you guys to purchase. This is located in the show notes. 
In this package, you can find CBD, which was the key to reducing my inflammation. You can find an immunity boosting powder to add to your oatmeal, like I do, a protein powder shake. You can also get this isoimmune zinc spray for your mouth. It is an immunity supplement if you did not want to eat it in your oatmeal. You can also get digestive enzymes, which I personally take before I go out to dinner because those meals tend to be heavier or anytime I eat red meat, collagen, bone broth, vegetable flavor. These are packets. I love the freaking bone broth. Obviously, you know me and Surfer because if we can make our own, we do, but I know that that's not accessible to every, everyone because you can't buy venison at the store. <laughs> I also put lavender oil on my pillow to help me fall asleep and distress at night, and I take a supplement called, um, or I have taken various versions of theanine and melatonin sleep remedies, and they have brain and supplete a sleep support at Isogenics. So check out the Garrett's or G's gut health focus pack in the show notes. My also my favorite protein powder is in there. It will keep you super full. It has been tested for metals and then organic greens. It's a canister you can add to your protein shake, to your oatmeal, to your water to make sure you are getting all your greens covered. And then finally, Isoflush, which is just their special name for magnesium citrate. This is really cool because I take this every night to allow for better motility through my intestines. Uh, I take magnesium. I have taken magnesium citrate for three years. This is a form of that that will help your intestines pull water into them so that you can flush things out in the morning. I have slow motility, so this is a really powerful supplement. Again, I've taken it for years. I usually try to pick it up at Whole Foods or buy it on Amazon, but with this package, I have curated for you guys. You can literally buy it all in bulk, and then you can even select auto ship if you You'd want to get it monthly. So please check out the G's gut health pack in the show notes. And now back to the show. <laughs> 